In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. Yeah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hello, and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Sammy Fishbein. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Let's get into it. How are you doing? Good. I thought I might sneeze in the middle of that intro, so I got a little uh, nervous, but it was fine. I didn't sneeze. That's good. I, <laughs> I see you've been exploring our lovely nation, um, yes. New England. What are your thoughts? New England. I mean, yes, yeah, not the whole nation, um, and we were very cautious. Uh, I will say, I will tell so everyone knows, we rented a, a desolate cabin in the woods of Maine. We were very isolated. Um, it was amazing. It was so nice. And it was like, oh, it, but like, it was like, because it was like cool. It was like 75 degrees. And like, it wasn't like super, super hot, but it was like so beautiful. Like I, I had never been to Maine and a lot of lobster, a lot of like hiking. It was nice. It was very pleasant. It was very well, pleasant. Well, better start enjoying this country of ours because we're trapped here. I know. So, I'm glad and you like, like it because that's what you even, got now. <laughs> we're not even trapped like like we're trapped in the country, yes, but like we're also like confined to this bubble of the Northeast. Right. Yeah. So like, you're I'm, trapped. I mean, we have like some decent states. Like the only other place I would maybe want to be would be California, but they mm-hmm. have so much COVID that mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's start with some breaking news. Um, the Washington Redskins announced that they will change their name following an internal review, and they plan to introduce a new name soon. They reportedly have a new one, but they are still working out trademark issues. Don't keep I me mean, on my edge of my seat, guys. I know. I'm very curious. It's like, we are going to be the Washington Indians, and it's like, no! <laughs> the Washington <laughs> races! Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that it's happening, but it's like very, very late. Very, very late. Yes, it is late, but I do think that this is, I know that it's late, but had it not taken so long, um, then we wouldn't have, this wouldn't be such a, a signal about how significant this moment is. That's because it's, if, if it had to take this time to force them to do it after they were so resistant, and the I believe the owner once said he would never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a dick. I once read this whole book about the NFL. He's like one of the worst, Dan Snyder. But um, yeah, he said they would never do it. But the fact that they are actually going to do it is mm-hmm. shows that you know maybe we really do have a shot at turning some things around. But don't yeah. let the changing of the Washington Redskins get let you become complacent. So no, well that's good. Um, but back to our main topic of COVID news, we thought we might be talking about less of it as the time went on. But no, alas, here we are. Yesterday, Florida reported 15,000 new coronavirus cases. This is the highest single-day increase in cases in any state during the entire pandemic. 
Uh, so for reference, New York had a peak of around 12,000 in April. And currently there are at least 7,000 people hospitalized in Florida. Florida, Texas, Alabama, and North Carolina reported their largest single-day deaths, and this comes as Florida Open is opening up Disney World. Um, Smart, you know, you know, Magic Kingdom, the germiest place on earth, with like the grossest people, like like not like that, like grossest people, but I mean, like by people, I mean children. Right, Ch- children. <laughs> you know how are you dis- love children. <laughs> Children are disgusting germ spreaders. Like it's unfortunate because they are so resilient to yeah. all. I mean, it's, it's fortunate that they are very resilient to all these germs, but they <laughs> are very good head. at. Yes, they are very You're good like, at spreading these kids, it. They survive everything. <laughs> I know we were. were we, Can we, were, we go we were, back to the days of infant mortality? I know, like we were, we were like we were out like outdoor dining or something and this child was just screaming and I like <laughs> before I could even think about it I was like God I hate children. Wow. Really part, it's, re- it's really become my brand. <laughs> if I had a tagline, put it in your Instagram. tagline. Not yeah. a kid-friendly <laughs> yes, exactly. space. Yeah, I mean that that'd be accurate. So yes, Disney World is open. Children are spreading germs non-discriminately. We will see how things go. Um, the country's Disney's worst outbreak. outside, Brian. That is true. I mean, but I think that like all the facilities are in like the bathrooms. They were saying like public restrooms are one of the most like places that COVID will spread the most. Yeah. Because of like the, you know, how you, when you flush a toilet, there's like air. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, how many people are like shitting in public restrooms? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a statistic on that, but. (laughs) It's like, if they had like goggles for everyone and masks, like, but even then it's like. I don't know. Could turn your like Mickey Mouse hat into a Corona um, safety mask. Yeah, that's a good idea. I saw Stephanie Rules wearing like a Chewbacca mask all weekend. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you also see Disney Disney World's um, like commercial yes. where they show like the people like moving the chairs and I'm wearing masks and I'm just like, oh my god, that is literally Overkill. horrible. Also, and then like, also all the smiling people in their masks, and they're like, "We're here for you." Also, like the thing about the masks, like they're all wearing masks, which is like, "Yay, good job!" But also, it's just so easy to dub that over now, and like pe- people can just put whatever they want underneath of it. It's like I was like, from like an advertising standpoint, I would be like, "People are gonna like meme this," you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. So the worst outbreak is in Arizona, where school start dates have been pushed back slightly. <laughs> what a great idea! Um, Atlanta Mayor Ke- Keisha Lance Bottoms on Friday rolled back the city's reopening to phase one because of an alarming rise in infections, and she's actually has tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah. Um, sim- no, asymptomatic, but she has tested positive. Um, I also got my COVID tests back all negative. By the way. Oh. Um, did you, have you gotten a COVID test? I have not had a COVID test, but I have had an antibody test, mm-hmm. um, and it was negative. Yeah, I mean, they they do really stick the thing pretty far up your nose. It was that's what little, I hear. It was a little alarming, and then like you immediately put your mask back on, and I'm like, my nose is running. I'm like, I'm definitely blush gushing blood into my mask, but it wasn't. Oh God, <laughs> I wasn't. It was fine. I would say it's unpleasant, but it's not like the worst experience I've ever had in my entire life. If anyone is worried about getting one. Um, it's over very quickly. But my thing is, if it's so contagious and it just like lives everywhere, why can't they just like swab your nose? And I, I know. 
I'm sure there will be advancements made, but you know, when you have an anti-science president, I don't know how fast it will be. Yeah. Um, so new reports are emerging of full intensive care units, a shortage of protective equipment for frontline medical workers, and problems with an underpowered national testing system. Um, and, and so notice that these spikes are primarily in states with Republican governors allied with Trump, who followed his dangerous guidance to reopen quickly, opening gyms, hair salons, and offices two months ago, and lagging on mandating or even encouraging masks. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at, let's say New York has been pretty successful yesterday. We just had our first day of no reported deaths since the beginning of the crisis. And we were the first place other than Seattle um, and California that was that was hit. Um, we were hit the hardest because of how dense our population is. And we started to reopen like you and I have both had lives here yeah. um, where we've dined out. We've, you know, seen small numbers of people. We've been able to like, you know, take care of some things we need to take care of, like going to like doctors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it's not perfect, obviously, but if you take precautions and, you know, follow the science of it, it shows that you can we can sort of live our lives. Like maybe it's not going to be the best, but mm -hmm. we can somewhat, you know, figure out how to move forward. Yeah, totally. And it's it's interesting. Like it's a lot of these states are states that Trump needs to win in November. And so I think now that like, we were like there over the weekend, he like wore a mask and everyone was like, you know, all Republicans Yay! were like, you know, having orgasms about it. Yeah. Like, really? Even you know, though a week ago they were like, we hate masks. I know it's so, it's so, and like, you know, I'm glad that they're wearing masks, but like, there may be like, Oh, maybe like killing, you know, a significant portion of our population isn't a good reelection strategy. Yeah, I mean, Trump is like a walking marshmallow test. So he just like, yeah, I mean, maybe the election is close enough that the mm -hmm. gratification is soon enough that he can actually like start to take this, that strategy into account. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not surprising because he just wanted everyone to feel like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And until, you know, you're actually touched by it, maybe you could believe that. We were going to be back to normal by Easter, according yeah. to him. Yeah, so. remember those days? Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. 
It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Which actually leads us into our next story, um, which is the administration's smear campaign against my personal favorite man, Dr. Fauci. Um... Fauci apparently hasn't spoken to the president for weeks. He's contradicted Trump's false claims that the United States is leading the world in the coronavirus fight, which is pretty objectively clear. Um, He also refuted Trump's claim that 99% of COVID-19 cases are totally harmless. Um, However, the other members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, like Mike Pence, um, Dr. Burks, have said publicly that Fauci is often wrong and refuses to prioritize the president's interests over science is the remainder of that sentence. Um, And a White House official actually sent CNN a list of Fauci interviews with links to every time he was wrong about something, um, which is insane because he's a scientist. So therefore his recommendations evolve as, you know, this is a new virus that didn't exist allegedly pre like December. So yeah, that's how science works. You make hypotheses, they get accepted or rejected and then you learn more. Um, But Mm -hmm. they are spinning this as him just being incompetent rather than being a scientist. (laughs) Well, it's like, he doesn't have like an objective behind this. He doesn't have like, I can't think of the right word. He doesn't have like a, like a A motive, an ulterior motive, an ulterior motive to like, give us science scientifically based facts like he's just like yeah this is my job i'm trying to make sure we don't all die so i mean <laughs> but i will say that like the dark corners of the fringe internet they think that fauci's making money off of this um it's, and that's I, a, that's a that's a field report from republicans <laughs> mm-hmm. i think like i've gotten into some arguments about this about you know people are like the scientists are changing their minds and it's like they're learning <laughs> like <laughs> they're not changing the like like i used to think that you know there was one moon in the universe and then i learned that there were multiple moons in the universe was i lying no i was just uninformed i just started to learn a little bit more it's well now you understand how people like killed galileo <laughs> You were like, yeah. absolutely not. We will yeah. not learn. You lie. <laughs> I refuse to gain knowledge. Yeah. Um, you're lying. Yeah. You're new. Yeah. You're either your old knowledge, your old statements were a lie, or your new statements are a lie. Either way, you're a liar. 
I know. Well, there's that story of this one. It's really sad. This person was like, who was like on CNN or something in his 30s saying that like, this was all a hoax. It's not real. Ended up dying. But yeah. unfortunately it seems like people, people need to, I, unfortunately for whatever reason, people don't understand things, at least in this country, unless they are personally affected by it. And it's really going to start happening. Like, we're we, we're gonna like you know we're moving on, but like we're it's it's frightening to think of what's gonna to, what's gonna two weeks from now is gonna look like. I remember in New York when we were talking about two week, two weeks is gonna be the peak, and it's like we haven't even like talked about when the peak is gonna be yet. I know, it's fucking frightening, and like the ICU units are already full in Arizona. Like, holy shit, it's gonna get really really bad before it gets better there. It's crazy that like we have mu- yeah and we have like multiple peaks in the country. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's yeah. just the country's just like too big. It's a bit it's a bit large. Too big uh, and like incongruous. Yeah. Okay, so moving uh changing directions uh a little. On Sunday, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos demanded kids return to school but could not outline a plan for doing so despite being pressed multiple times by CNN's Dana Bash. Here she is refusing to say how the Department of Education will handle outbreaks in schools. What are experts telling you about the appropriate level of transmission for a school before it has to shut down? Well, I know that that's an area that the CDC is helping to provide further insight into. Um, I I can't, as a non-physician or a non-medical expert, tell you precisely what to do in the case of one child in a classroom or five children in a classroom. But the, the key is... Every school should have plans for that situation to be able to pivot and ensure that kids can continue learning uh, at a distance if they have to for a short period of time. You're the Secretary of Education. You're asking students to go back. So why do you not have guidance on what a school should do just weeks before you want those schools to reopen on what happens if it faces an outbreak? You know, there's really good examples that have uh, been utilized in the private sector and in and elsewhere, also with frontline workers and hospitals. And all of that data and all of that information and all of those examples can be referenced I, I'm not, by school okay, leaders. But I'm not hearing who have, a plan who have from the, the Department of Education. Do you have a plan but for, the, for the, what the, students the plan, and what schools should do? So, Schools should do what's right on the ground at that time for their students and for their situation. There is no one uniform approach that we can take or should take nationwide. So, yeah, she just had a terrible weekend of press. Deserved. Betsy DeVos. I mean, what has she been doing like all of these months? Like you your one job is like to figure out how to safely open schools. And like you appear in like the beginning of Ju- the mid middle of July with no mm-hmm. plan. Also like, I, well, I never understand. It's like, you know, the questions that they're going to be asking you. Like if I were to go on n- national television, I would be like preparing. I would be prepared to answer questions. <laughs> well, that's, that's what like extreme privilege gets you when you never actually had to prepare or like, ever be like held to account for anything you really did Mm -hmm. um that's the first thing the second thing is like of course she has no plan because having a plan would require having data or like believing in some that there is a such thing as data that should inform your decisions and your policies about like what would be safe maybe like ways to make it work 
Mm -hmm. she doesn't she doesn't believe in that so of course she's not going to come up with a plan like their plan is literally like oh i hope it goes away yeah hope it goes away (laughs) hope it goes away just like over and over again it seems yeah and then lying to themselves about how Mm -hmm. away it is so they're just like they're just waiting it out till they're like they're like hopefully it doesn't get too bad before we get a vaccine yeah i think that's i think that's their their plan um and so while she's saying this, internal documents from the CDC warned that fully reopening K-12 schools and universities would be the, quote, highest risk for the spread of coronavirus. The New York Times uh, reported that last week. Yet the administration has offered no help or funding. As I was saying, children are super spreaders. <laughs> okay, sorry. The administration has offered no help or funding to support states in sanitizing schools daily and building extra temporary space. Remember, Betsy DeVos's goal in life is to get taxpayer money moved from public to private schools. DeVos, uh, Betsy DeVos also blasted Virginia uh, Fairfax County, which plans to send children to school two days a week with the rest virtually learning while giving parents the option to keep children home exclusively. The county superintendent told CNN that they have plenty of resources to make the necessary changes, but the new schedule is intentionally designed to promote safety, not based on a lack of funds. So unless the government wants to build them a school system the size of five pentagons, which is the space needed to safely accommodate all students. Yeah, I mean, good for these people, like just taking it into their own hands and thinking about like ways that might be viable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just I, I don't know. It's just you know, things aren't getting better. Why are we moving on? It's just uh, it's really yeah. Because because we have a bunch of delusional people running things. Like I don't know what else to say. Like just a bunch of delusional people who don't really care about the facts. It's also just so frustrating because we fucking been doing this. We should be able, like, we should, like, be, like, you know, I don't know how much you talked about, like, the universities with, like, you know, the ICE. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, saying that they won't allow students to stay if they're virtually learning. It's really upsetting. And it's, they're using this opportunity, basically, to advance their racist agenda. And also, like, there's this crazy story about by the new yorker right now about you know what's going on with the meatpacking plants and it's just like and you know which are primarily like immigrants or latino workers and you know they are getting extremely sick and they're not getting proper compensation for it meanwhile they're like donating millions to trump's re-election campaign it's all just extremely extremely like evil like yeah there's it's evil you have like okay you have some okay so you have a bunch of people who are like pretty naturally incompetent because of their their privilege has has shielded them from ever having to like figure out how to actually be competent then you have the fact that they're evil internally like the way that they think about things they're white supremacists um and they only it's not even that they're only white supremacists it's that they only care about money and enriching them and their small circle of individuals so they don't really care if people of color or even poor white people suffer uh, from Mm. their policies. And then they're like, oh, wait, all of our incompetence has led to a disastrous outcome. But actually, that disastrous outcome is really only hurting the people that we 
fundamentally hate anyway. So let's just mm-hmm. keep going. Why would we then actually try to solve the problem? So it's really a double-edged sword, but like one that works in their favor. Okay, switching gears um, entirely, but not completely entirely because we're still on the topic of corruption. On Friday night, Trump fully commuted Roger Stone's sentence. This means unless he commits or is convicted of another crime, he will not spend a day in prison. Um, for those who are you know, maybe new to the story, Roger Stone is a Republican strategist and a longtime advisor to Trump. Um, he has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. That should tell you everything about his personality and life outlook. Um, Last year, he was convicted on seven felonies, including lying to Congress, obstructing its investigation into election interference, and witness tampering. Um, He had lied to Congress about his communications with WikiLeaks and their plan to release damaging information about Hillary Clinton. Um, He also tried to intimidate a witness who had damaging information on the Trump campaign, in addition to threatening the judge um, on Instagram, who was uh, presiding over his case. Um, he was supposed to report to prison tomorrow for a 40 month sentence, which let's be honest, is not enough anyway. Instead, he will walk free. Um, and rather than any of the Republican or most of the Republicans speaking out, we only heard from Mitt Romney who called this unprecedented historic corruption. Um, and Robert Mueller wrote an op-ed in the Washington post reminding everyone that stone is guilty and poses a risk to national security, um, that he remains a convicted felon, and rightly so. Um, On the other hand, we have Russian asset Lindsey Graham, alleged Russian asset, sorry, um, who said the decision was justified because Stone was a nonviolent first-time offender. Um, And I think there are a lot of people in prison for nonviolent first-time offenses who would like a word with that. Yeah, it's like, oh, so now Lindsey Graham suddenly understands the problems with the prison industrial complex. It's yeah, like <laughs> and cares all of a sudden. And cares all of a sudden. It's like, great, let's take a look back. I was like, thanks, Lindsay. Now how about you take a look at all the other nonviolent first-time offenders and, you know, make some recommendations to the president. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's whatever happened to that story about all those like uh, you know, alleged a male sex workers at Lindsay oh, Lady Graham. G? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting until closer to November to drop their, their story. Maybe they were silenced. October surprise. But yeah, maybe they were silenced. Yeah. I, um, can't, I, I think about October, how many fucking surprises are going to be? I'm <laughs> nauseous thinking about the months of September through February. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... Also, because, like, we're going to have to be inside. Like, it's not, you know, there's not much you can do indoors. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We, we've we also, but if, say, for whatever reason, we have to have these large-scale protests. The good news is we have seen that six weeks ago at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, and we haven't seen a spike in New York. Yeah, um, because, because protesters wear masks when masks work and they're outside so it's like you know at least we can be comforted by that notion that if we're out if we have to if we have to march on washington because maybe one candidate doesn't concede the race i think we all know which one i'm talking about um i like that you're thinking in concrete terms like what it's gonna look like like you're preparing for real I mean, I'm yeah. I, I maybe I have to start mapping out some alternative routes to and from DC. You never know. Um, oh wow, <laughs> that's intense. I mean, imagine you know we've talked about it, but it's scary to think of. You know, 
if Trump loses, what if he doesn't want to concede? Like, what do, what do what, we do? I mean, I don't know. There's there's so many scenarios, and my heart is now palpitating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to close out, I just want to talk about... Um, I got my hands on a copy of the Mary Trump book, which is coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I put, I posted most of it on my Instagram story um, and I'm going to make a highlight. I will say that I did not post some of the most triggering parts of the book because there's some really, really insane shit in there. Um that like honestly I wouldn't wish on anyone or their family or for them to experience and mm. you know I know we sort of like anytime a tell all or like palace intrigue drops around the trumps it's always like scandalous and interesting and like wild and you ripe to be made fun of but I think that this was different because it actually like was really really raw um in how was it, it- was it like things that happened to Donald Trump or things that he had been doing to other people? Both. Both. Um, it's it's really it's it basically shows how his father created a deeply dysfunctional family, and because Donald was like the center of it, it created him. Um, and that's what's really sad about it. So look at how fucked up Trump is. Like it should be inferred that he came from a really fucked up place, and he did. Like these, it's, it's wild. Like I actually can't even, I don't want to say I can't believe it, but cause I can, but it's, yeah, it's like sad. It's a, it's a story about abuse essentially. Oh Jesus. Um, how long was it? Was it easy to get through? He's the, she's such a good writer. Um, it was like two, I think it was like 211 pages. The author, she's actually a member of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very like, you look at the family and like, it's hard to believe it's both hard to believe that this came out of that family, but also makes complete sense because you have like the one person who was like, I reject this completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, re- I honestly out. recommend people read it. Um, it's just eye opening. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that he like something had to, things had to have happened to make him the way that he is uh, because you can't just, I mean, I guess you like, can you, it, there is mental illness, but there's also, you know, it's mental. It, it's a combination of mental illness. And then you have a, a completely inverted value system. Um, the, the essence is that I think like most people go out into the world and they're like honesty and justice and fairness and being kind to people are like, the goals like in terms of what we at least say that we value the different or even though people ultimately are selfish and pursue money in their own interests but they still know like oh i'm supposed to be kind and i'm not supposed to cheat and yeah you know that you aren't supposed to do those things the difference is that in trump's family like the ethos that his father put out there was actually the opposite which was that like if you don't cheat you're a sucker if you don't put money over everything and look out only for yourself you're a sucker and he essentially abused the sibling the the author's father um and he abused them for all he abused all of the children essentially but like anyone who stood in contrast to that was like persona non grata in the family and like was going to be disowned because like their actual like philosophy and outlook of values that they taught 
their children was that you should be like an evil person and that if you're not you are going to lose that life and yeah so real villains real villains yeah well okay well on that note um yeah until the return of (laughs) until the return of democracy i'm brian russell smith i'm sammy fishbein and this has been the betcha sup podcast the Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.